Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Insomniac, the podcast for true crime, history, ghost stories, and more. As always, this is your host, Rachel Lemley, and I am so excited to be back with brand new episodes. I am also excited to announce that Insomniac officially has its very own webpage, where you can find everything all in one place. Photos from each location, links to all of Insomniac's social media, my photo store, and more. So check it out now at www.insomniacpodcast.wordpress.com. Again, that's www.insomniacpodcast.wordpress.com. All right, let's get into this week's episode. If you visit the famous Tombstone, Arizona, which was featured in episode 6, you will only be about 20 miles away from the town of Bisbee, which isn't officially a ghost town, but with over a dozen haunted buildings throughout the town, it is, officially, a ghostly town. The town of Bisbee was originally a mining camp founded in the Tombstone Canyon of the Mule Mountains and after a few claims were filed in 1877, prospectors flocked to the area, and by 1880, the mining camp became a town, named after Judge Dewitt Bisbee, a financial backer of the area's Copper Queen mine, which was the largest claim at the time. Like the nearby town of Tombstone, Bisbee was known for its lawless ways. In 1881, German-Swiss immigrants founded the town's first breweries on what became known as Brewery Gulch on Brewery Avenue. One brewery was owned by a man named A.B. Sieber. One night, a man attempted to rob his business, and in the process, a woman known as Black Jack was shot and killed. As the town grew to be in the thousands, Brewery Gulch became famous, housing over 47 saloons in its prime. In 1889, the railroad was brought into Bisbee, which meant cheaper imported beers, forcing many local breweries to close. However, the Gulch Saloons would continue to thrive until 1914, when Arizona became a dry state, beginning their own prohibition long before the rest of the country. When the railroad came to Bisbee, it kicked production into high gear, and Bisbee became one of the world's richest mining sites producing almost 3 million ounces of gold, over 100 million ounces of silver, and over 8 billion pounds of copper. Bisbee also produced lead and zinc. By the early 1900s, Bisbee's population reached about 25,000 and was home to Arizona's first community library and golf course. In 1908, a fire destroyed the town's commercial district, but was rebuilt by 1910 and still remains intact today. In the 1950s, the mining boom finally slowed down, and the population dropped to under 6,000. And by the mid-1970s, mining would come to an end in Bisbee for good, causing a new era of artists and tourism. Downtown Bisbee has been beautifully maintained and restored, with many old buildings being used for shops, art galleries, and hotels, and it is still home to over 5,000. Well, that's not counting the many ghosts that are still said to roam this town. 
So almost every town has that hotel. The hotel that everyone is curious about, but also terrified of. The haunted hotel. Well, the town of Bisbee isn't home to just one haunted hotel, or even two haunted hotels, or maybe three. No. Bisbee is home to seven haunted hotels, and one of these haunted hotels is the Bisbee Grand Hotel. The Bisbee Grand Hotel was originally constructed in 1906, providing lodging for mining executives. In 1908, after only two years of operation, a fire broke out at the Bisbee Grand Hotel that not only resulted in the destruction of the hotel, but many other buildings in the town. But by the mid-1980s, the hotel was fully renovated and restored to the beautiful building that it is today. But there are some things that restoration and renovation cannot remove or fix. During the hotel's restoration, a construction worker was on the second floor when out of the corner of his eye, he saw a woman run from one room to another room. He looked over and then he saw her dart from that room to another one. Confused, the worker began looking for her. After several minutes of searching for the woman, the confusion quickly turned to fear when he realized he was the only one in the building. Throughout the years, many guests have claimed to see a spirit of a woman dressed in Victorian-style clothing on the second floor. Mostly seen in rooms two and three, guests report to waking up in the middle of the night to see a woman standing at the foot of their bed, staring at them. Another hotspot for ghostly activity is the hotel's saloon, where one guest named Sally got the scare of her life. After finishing up using the restroom in the hotel saloon, Sally walked up to the sink to wash her hands. She turned on the water, got some soap, and began washing her hands. As she did so, she looked up at her reflection, and immediately she was horrified. Standing behind her in the mirror was a man. Startled, she turned around to confront the man, but when she turned around, he was gone. And Sally isn't the only person to see this man in the bathroom. Countless guests and employees have also witnessed the same man. Other reports in the saloon come from employees who have claimed to be touched by unseen forces in the saloon storage room. The Bisbee Grand Hotel seems to be filled with the ghosts that never checked out. And if you check in, you may just be sharing a room with one of them. Our next stop in Bisbee is the Oliver House. The Oliver House was built in 1909 by Edith Ann Oliver, who was the wife of a local mining official. The Oliver House has had many purposes throughout the years, once being used as a mining office, now being used as a bed and breakfast. It is said that 27 people have died inside the Oliver House. One of the deaths at the Oliver House 
was a murder of a miner named Nate Anderson. In 1920, he was a guest at the Oliver House, checked into room 13. At the time, Nate was having an affair with the wife of a man to whom he owned a great deal of money to. A recipe for disaster. And disaster would strike one night at the Oliver House. When the man found out about Nate having an affair with his wife, he went to the Oliver House, charged into Nate's room, and shot him in the forehead. And despite many eyewitnesses and the well-known fact that Nate owed him money and was having an affair with his wife, the man was never charged with the murder, and the case technically remains unsolved today. Room 13, where Nate was shot, is unsurprisingly a hotspot for ghostly activity at the Oliver House. So much so that one day a local radio DJ was offered a bet. A friend bet him $100 that he would not be able to last an entire night inside room 13. Thinking this would be an easy way to make $100, the DJ quickly took the bet and made a reservation for room 13. Excited to make his easy $100, the DJ checked in and headed to room 13. He opened the door and immediately was face to face with a man. He blinked his eyes and when he opened them again, the man was gone. The DJ quickly ran to the front desk, returned his keys, and left the Oliver house. It turns out he wouldn't even last a minute in room 13 with Nate Anderson. Unfortunately, murder would check into the Oliver house again, but this time it would claim more than one victim. In 1932, a policeman discovered that his wife was having an affair. After receiving word that they were at the Oliver house, he rushed over there to catch them in the act. The couple was staying in a room that is now known as the Blue Room, and upon discovering them in bed together, the police officer shot both of them and then went around the Oliver house shooting and killing ten other people before running to a nearby river and shooting himself. Guests who stay in the Blue Room today are awoken by sounds of footsteps, voices, cries for help, and even the sounds of gunshots. One night, a guest named Rebecca was awoken by the sound of a man's voice. She rubbed her eyes and looked towards the door, and when she looked, she saw a man standing in front of the door. Horrified, she jumped out of bed screaming, but when she looked back at the door, the man was gone. Was this the angry spirit of the police officer who took so many lives that day? If so, I wouldn't take any chances staying in the blue room. In addition to many specific rooms being haunted, the entire second floor is known to be haunted. Guests report the feeling of being watched, doors opening and closing on their own, and sometimes the ghosts even get loud enough that guests complain of hearing loud parties at night that seemingly disappear upon investigation. So, check into the Oliver House today. Just don't place any bets you're not willing to lose. Stick around after this short break to hear about one more of Bisbee's haunted hotels.
The Copper Queen Hotel was built in 1902 by the Phelps Dodge Mining Company to accommodate investors and has been running continuously since then, making it the longest continuously ran hotel in all of Arizona and the most haunted. During the mid-twenties, a 30-year-old prostitute named Julia Lowell had fallen in love with one of her clients, who happened to be married. The man enjoyed Julia's company, but loved his wife, and even if he didn't, he didn't think Julia would have been good enough to marry anyways. Heartbroken, Julia took her own life in room 315. Given its tragic background, it is no surprise that room 315 has many claims of ghostly activity, and one guest, Michael, was staying in room 315 when he was woken up by something terrifying. Michael was sleeping in room 315 on the first night of his three-night stay at the hotel, when suddenly he was woken up by a cold sensation on his feet. Upon waking up, he quickly realized that his feet were uncovered, so he pulled the covers back over his feet and closed his eyes to go back to sleep, when suddenly he felt the blankets being tugged near his feet. He opened his eyes, and at the foot of his bed stood a woman. The woman smiled at him and then disappeared. Michael flew out of bed and searched his room for the woman that he saw, but there was no one else in the room. Michael threw his stuff in his suitcase, and without another place to stay, he left the hotel and never looked back. Another guest claims that upon her visit, she was attempting to take pictures inside the hotel, when her camera suddenly stopped working and said no memory card. But there was in fact a memory card, and upon exiting the hotel, the camera began functioning normal again. Another guest, nine-year-old Devon, was reading a book about the ghosts on the property, when suddenly he heard someone breathing right behind him. When he turned around, no one was there. Another guest at the Copper Queen Hotel, named Roxana, was visiting the hotel with her husband and daughter. Her husband and daughter left the room while she took a shower. While she was in the shower, she heard the bathroom door rattling and shaking violently. She yelled out, very funny, but there was no response. And upon exiting the shower, she realized she was alone. Guest Natasha was staying in room 401 with her stepfather. They checked in, took their luggage up to their room, exited the rooms shutting the door behind them, and headed downstairs for some dinner. After dinner, they went back upstairs to find that the door to their room was wide open, but their belongings remained untouched. In addition to countless guest claims, employees have also experienced ghostly sightings and sounds. One morning, a former housekeeper was going through her routine cleaning the rooms that had just been checked out of. When she arrived at room 315, she opened the door 
and to her surprise, there was a woman sitting on the edge of the bed, crying. The housekeeper quickly apologized and turned to exit the room. Before leaving, she turned to glance at the woman one more time, just to make sure she was okay, but the woman was gone. Another former employee, a front desk clerk, was riding the elevator alone, and between the third and fourth floor, he heard a woman's voice in the elevator behind him. There are countless stories of ghostly encounters at the Copper Queen Hotel. It seems that there are just as many ghosts as there are guests. And if you check into the Copper Queen Hotel, you might not be the only one checked into your room. So visit the town of Bisbee today. Walk the historic streets. Visit the shops, palm readers, and restaurants. Just know that even if the hotels look empty, there's still no vacancy. That's it for this week's episode. To see photos of the town of Bisbee and hotels mentioned in this episode, follow Insomniac on Instagram, at Insomniac Photography, and check out the new website, www.insomniacpodcast.wordpress.com. Like, follow, share, and until next time, thank you for listening.